0: After a successful battle against an imposing, shadowy knight guarding the entrance to beyond this great ziggurat and this land of the dead that Val, Berlandir, Vamak, and Luna find themselves in, our party has a moment of respite to tend to their wounds before journeying onward and upward.
1: Do we want to rest here, then, or should we find a building, perhaps?
2: I see no difference. And to be quite frank, I do not wish to move. Here will suffice.
1: I think I am inclined to agree.
3: That was the only moving thing we've encountered thus far. I doubt anything else is going to sneak up on us. Luna, quite wearily,
0: still sitting, is like, I wouldn't mind taking, uh, taking a bit of a rest.
3: Upon
4: hearing Luna say that, mock just nods and reaches into his pack and pulls out, like, some gauze. And he's going to start bandaging his wounded thigh and trying to do what he can to ease the
2: massive broken bones in his chest.
1: Should we set a watch, perhaps, just in case?
2: We should rest. I can secure the perimeter.
4: And wearily, Vamok gets up. He pulls out a book, flips to a page, and will ritual-cast alarm.
1: Sweet.
2: If we wish to stay guarded... It would be best if we stayed inside one of these buildings. It is easier to monitor. I'm fine with that.
3: You hear a, a slight snore coming from Rolandir who is already asleep.
1: I could fabricate us somewhere safe to stay.
2: No, it is quite all right. You should not expend your energy. I will do what I can.
4: And uh, I guess, well, I can cast this as a ritual. And you can cast them on an area, so like if anyone comes within the area. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Vamok's just going to spend a bit of time then kind of forming a perimeter. Because now when you cast things as ritual spells, they don't expend spell slots? Correct. Okay, perfect. Well, if it lasts eight hours, then I'll just spend a couple of minutes and cast it a couple of times, since it doesn't require concentration, and just form a nice perimeter.
0: As you lay down a nice perimeter of alarms, everyone is able to... Have an easier rest, so to say, at the base of the ziggurat. Time passes, or does it, for as you wake up eight or so hours later, the sun is in the exact same position as it was before. You've regained all your spell slots, all your hit points. If you have minor wounds, they are gone. And if you had major wounds, they are now minor wounds. Do
1: we get new conditions for that or no?
0: you get modified conditions. So what were the conditions you had?
1: I had double damage and no concentration spells.
0: With your head wound, that will be completely healed. With your double damage taken, you will now only have a quarter
4: damage added. Okay. Vamok had half speed from the minor, and he had double damage from the major. Minor is
0: gone completely, and again, it's plus a quarter. Gotcha.
4: And Rolandir is fully
0: healed, and Luna just has a minor wound.
1: Can Val, like, check in with Luna as they wake up and just say um, uh, two things? Are, are you all right?
0: Hmm? Oh, uh, yes, I'll, I'll be fine.
1: Uh, thank you for saving my life.
0: Well, we need you.
1: We need you.
2: Yes, yes, we all need each other. Luna
0: gives a uh, sheepish smile and a nod and looks toward the ziggurat and says,
2: well, it's quite a ways. We
0: may as well begin now.
2: Before we are off, allow me to renew the marks that I have given you. And the mark goes one by one to Roland here.
4: Luna and Val gives them another death ward and then he's going to rest for five minutes and then he's going to give <laughs> himself a death ward. And now he is ready to go. <laughs> Everyone starts trekking up the ziggurat? Yeah. Indeed.
0: It's only a mile or so, but it is a climb. And it takes you a half hour, 40 minutes to get to the top. It's quite exhausting. They're large steps. Almost... Normal for Vamok, but still oversized. And as you reach the top, you see a facade carved into the stone. These great pillars and this elaborate architecture, similar to, like, you know, Petra? We have Petra Mm -hmm. here Uh, as well. Yes. Like that. Just carved right, like, embossed into the face of the rock. And a massive stone door lies slightly ajar take a look inside I suppose
2: if we have already defeated the guardian of this place with any luck that will be the worst this has to offer but I would not hold my breath I
1: think we should probably stop saying that yeah (laughs) every time we talk about how the universe cannot get worse it uh, does somehow so
3: well eventually we have to be right
1: I I don't know that that's true
3: (laughs) (laughs) And Rolander goes, and he's gonna he's gonna peek his head into this uh, large door that's cracked open.
0: It's just pitch blackness. But on the other side, the little light that does seep through this crack illuminates the walls and the floor, which seem to be natural stone—a cave that seems to actually quickly narrow and then extend an unseeable amount into the darkness beyond.
3: Only blackness. So I say, let's get some light and press onward.
1: Uh, Val will cast light on the crystal on top of his staff.
3: Orlander will also cast light on his sword, and he's going to carry it in the back.
1: I was like, how can you do that? You're an Azamar. I forgot.
4: <laughs> well, Vamak's not going to cast light. He is going to follow the other people that are.
1: Do you want to, like, one of us at the front, one of us at the back?
4: Doesn't matter. Vamak can actually see, like, in the dark, so it's not a huge deal. Oh, okay. Oh, is that what one
3: of his eyes does?
4: That actually is what one of his eyes does.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Does he have to close one eye to do it?
4: Yeah, he has an eye patch that he (laughs) alternates. (laughs) So, like, when it gets dark out, he'll, like, switch the eye patch and be like, "Ah, (laughs) I'm in my element.
3: After he imbues his sword with light, Rolandier speaking to Val, says, Why don't you take the lead? Lead us through, and I'll watch our back.
1: Sounds like a plan. And Val will sort of carefully observantly head towards the front of the party.
0: Luna will be right behind Val, and then I assume Vamok will be behind Luna? Vamak will follow behind Luna. As Vamok, Val, Luna, and Rolandir make their way through this tunnel, you start to hear the distant sounds of ocean waves crashing upon rock, reverberating against this glistening stone that you pass, And it's even a little easy to lose your footing sometimes as it is slippery and wet beneath your feet. As you continue this trek, your lights are increasingly unnecessary for as you go further and further, a soft daylight hue begins to overwhelm the darkness in these caverns and emerging on the other side, coming out of the caves atop a large blackened cliff. You are greeted to an expansive sight of an enormous body of water and a infinitely long coastline stretching off in either direction, bordered by these jagged cliffs on your side. Down on the gray beaches below are the remains of a thousand ships, their hulls, their masts, sails, even everything that you can imagine, just packed and shattered upon this beach. There does seem to be something on the other side of the water, but it's so lost in fog and haze and this bluish hue of light that spreads over everything that it's impossible to tell exactly what kind of landmass that is. As Luna steps to the edge of the cliff and reaches her hand outward, palm facing up, a droplet of rain falls into it as a light drizzle begins pattering down all around you.
3: Does anyone else see something beyond the ocean?
1: I do. Yeah. Should I attempt to locate Cad again?
3: Perhaps would be best. We don't want to go too far into this rabbit hole.
1: Okay. I will. I'll do the same thing I did yesterday with intent.
3: Kind of uh, reverse trace this message.
1: Yeah.
0: Are you going to send a message or just do the trace?
1: Actually, you know what? I'll I'll try sending again just to see what happens. I'll say the same thing that I did just. This is an associate of Luna's. Can you hear me?
0: And you receive back. You are (laughs) Elvaret.
1: (laughs) Oh, progress. Does that hurt me? Yes. Okay.
0: (laughs) Everything hurts.
1: Everything hurts me. Do I take double damage from drawing on my own essence? Not double. I guess 1.25 damage.
0: Yes, you will. Okay. I'll do that addition. So you'll take six damage total.
1: Okay, well, before we start this next conversation, I've contacted him, he responded. um, We should make the best use of our next message to him.
2: Can you find out where he is?
1: I can ask, yeah, that can be part of it. Is there anything else we want to say?
2: Can you ask him if he knows how to gain an audience with Tentaver or where Tentaver is? That is our true goal. Finding Cadagas is a luxury. Luna narrows her eyes at that
3: and perhaps if possible you can ask if there are any other dangers that we should be aware of
1: sorry no i'm i'm going to maximize my words here <laughs> all
3: 25
1: okay i'm at 17 words is there anything else we want to squeeze in here or is that are we satisfied
4: would you like some teriyaki beef jerky <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, here is Val's second sending. So this is the second time I'm casting this spell. Um, He will say, yes, where are you? We can rescue. Where is Tentiver? What danger should we be aware of?
0: You receive back. I'm safe, I believe. For now, at least. If you're looking for Tentiver, then you're in the right place. Is there a reason your words... And then it stops.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: (laughs) And then like 10 seconds later, you receive... A message. Oh, I understand. <laughs> I'm along the beach. Somewhere. I don't know where exactly, but I've made camp. Please, find me. You
4: brought me here.
1: Ooh, interesting. Um, I will relay that.
4: Tell him to send a fireball into the sky like a flare so we know where to find him. This is a long frickin' beach.
1: It is a long beach. I'm going to try to trace him uh, through the message.
0: Okay intent away
1: my intent rolls suck it's a 19 on my d20 oof but a 45 on my d100
0: that will be 13 points of damage and you are unable to ascertain a direct trace it seems that between the left and the right you should go right
3: but that's as close as you get I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, that's really all we need. There's two directions.
1: Yeah, I think I think Val reels a little bit from this, like, <laughs> internal damage he's taking and um, just sort of nods in the direction of the right. He'll be down to the beach somewhere that way.
3: All right. Good enough for me, then. We'll just keep on walking until we find his camp. And Landir takes the charge.
0: All right. All of you roll a d20 for me.
1: Uh-oh. Seven. Ten.
0: Seventeen. And Luna's is four. So that is a total of 38. That is how many days it will take to find Katagas.
1: Oh! Oh. So rolling low was good.
4: Well, (laughs) on the bright side... We are in tip-top condition.
1: for <laughs> uh, I don't know about you, that.
4: Well, well, you know, for if, if Reese has given us some healing and maybe some intent or something, and we're taking a bunch of long rests, walking for thirty-eight freaking days. Actually, can I reroll? I, I did I say seventeen? I meant to say two. Um,
1: <laughs> you're
4: probably by this time
0: you're probably at the bare end of your food stuff.
4: Well, if we're if we're short on food, I mean, you know, Vamok's got the beef jerky, and technically Vamok doesn't actually need to eat.
2: So.
3: Oh, so he's a monk too.
4: So he he'll, <laughs> he'll share his food if others need it. Well, yeah, if everyone has ten days of rations, I think that's the norm. Thirty eight days is kind of a long time.
1: Can Rolandir create food and water?
3: Yeah, I I don't have it prepared at least.
1: But well, you can change that. We have thirty eight days for you to choose to feed us, Reese. <laughs> I said Reese on purpose that time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you dig a little ways into your rations, but as you start to realize that this journey is going to take longer than expected, Rolandia then prepares that spell and begins feeding you all with bland but nourishing food.
3: Probably early on. And this, either on the first or second day, honestly. Rolandier catches up with Luna, whatever she was doing as they're walking. And he just says, So, this mentor of yours, I don't think you've really told us much about him. How did you two meet? What was he like? Why, honestly, was he uh, drawn to you in the first place to take you on?
1: Val is also interested in this conversation. Can he sort of, like, pick up the pace or fall back to join it?
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: Who knows on what day this takes place. What does time even mean here? Because the sun never shifts. But Luna, after Rolandir asks this question, she looks up at him and she says, well, He was an elfkin. I think I mentioned I was living in Bastion for well all of my life before now. It's where I grew up, on the streets, among many other of the urchins and orphans of that vast city. Cad found me one day after I had exhibited some kind of ability in defending myself, as was all too often in those times.
3: How old were you when you first realized this power?
0: Maybe twelve? Thirteen? It's only been a short number of years since then, so... But he began to train me in intent and teach me kinlish.
3: One question, actually, before we get too far. An elfkin in Bastion. What was he doing there?
0: Looking for me. Um... (laughs) I mean, at the time, the war was, and it still is, raging on in that region. The last godborn of Sarath had passed not too long before that, and after this ability of mine, Cad believed me to be the next one. However, following an incident in which I demolished a few city blocks, unintentionally, of course, as that was when my power from Sarath manifested, he, he caught on that I was not godborn, but... Godless, as the humans call it. I was still in the dark about that truth, but he continued to train me to to hone my power and to control it until, of course, the Magisters came and began to interfere, and it all went downhill after that, and it ended in his death and my running away.
3: He certainly sounds like a brave man, after knowing the power that you wielded to still then continue on.
0: He sought to end the war. I never knew the intricacies of what he believed, but I knew that was his goal.
3: And would he favor this end of the war towards the kin?
0: I couldn't say. He never showed any disregard for humans, as I've heard most kin exhibit. She kind of just glances toward
2: Val. (laughs) Uh,
1: They do. I am an odd one out, most certainly.
2: Do you think... That what we are doing will end the war between humans and kin. Reviving
0: Cat? No, but uh, he can help.
2: Perhaps. Perhaps he could. But I do not have much faith in people. I do not mean Cadagas. Surely he is a great wielder of intent. I'd say so. But we end this war and a new one starts again. We kill the gods more take their place. It is the nature of things. Hmm. Do you not feel a certain sense of futility?
0: I think it matters quite greatly to those who live through those times. So no, I don't.
1: Neither do I.
2: I was simply curious.
1: You and I have spoken on this topic before, Vermark.
2: I have spoken of many things, and I have thought of a great many things. Somehow... It feels hard for me to care. True, we could improve, perhaps, the lives of those around us. Some will live longer than others. But in the end, all things die. In the end, we end one conflict and our children start another. And the cycle continues again and again. Perhaps it would be best if everything were to end and all conflict were gone.
0: Oh, I refuse to be so fatalistic.
2: You choose to believe what you will. It is of no importance to me.
1: To be perfectly frank, Vamak, I am not asking you to care.
2: Nor was I offering it.
1: Just don't get in our way. If you would like to be an ally, you are more than welcome.
2: I think you misunderstand. We are all on the same team here. I do not intend to do anything counterproductive to our goals. I am simply asking what your opinion on things is. It is simple conversation. Nothing more.
1: And, and you are a wonderful conversationalist, Vamok. Just truly spectacular.
2: I have nothing against anybody here. Or anybody of Egadon, or even against the gods. I simply seek to understand where your loyalties lie. What the end goal is so I may make more informed decisions in the future. Please do not read too deeply into this. Questions must be asked. There is no reason to fear something simply because it sounds impolite or perhaps is uncomfortable.
0: Hmm,
3: yes, well, with all of this heavy conversation, you know, it's at times like this that I do miss having Mick around to... (laughs) <laughs> Lighten our spirits with a little ditty. I huh, wonder what they're all doing. Do you think they're even having time pass back in the inn?
1: Is time passing here? I don't know that we have any way to know.
3: Mm, it's true. Anyways, we've been walking for quite some time today. I think it's probably good enough to settle down and take a
0: rest. As you all come across a overturned hull of a long ship, settling in for the quote-unquote night, building a little fire, creating some food and water, nourishing yourselves, and lying down for bed. You get in another long rest as another day passes by in your journey. At the end of this span of time, you see smoke on the horizon, a little wisping thing, as if from a campfire or sorts. And as you approach maybe midday, at least according to your reckoning of time from when you woke up, you see that the beach has a small incline up to a field of sorts, not populated with grass or brush or anything, still as barren and rocky as the sandy beaches and the dark waters beyond. But there seems to be a small pier, a dock, really, out of rotting wood that's maybe only a quarter of what it used to be, and sitting near that pier is an Elvkin man. Gray robes draped atop him. A small campfire to the side where a pot of water boils atop it.
3: Am I just going crazy from the days we've been walking, or does everyone else see the elfkin standing a ways off?
1: I was about to ask the same thing. Yes, I, I see him.
0: Luna has stopped in her tracks.
3: And Relander takes a few steps back, because he kind of been walking as he was looking at this. Luna is not Katagas.
0: She's covering her mouth and has tears streaming down her face.
2: By her reaction, I would say it is.
1: Would you like to go to him? Why don't
0: you go introduce us?
1: Of course. Of course.
0: Luna picks up the pace and comes to an abrupt stop, maybe 10 feet away from this elfkin who watches you all approach, but doesn't stir otherwise. Or rather, he is stirring. You see his finger lazily off to the side, directing a spoon within the pot. As you all approach and come to a stop by Luna, he gets a smile on his face and he says, Child, (laughs) I figured if it were anyone who would deign themselves foolish enough to interfere with the affairs of the Ethereals and take a soul back from its resting place, it would have been you. And Luna gives a curt bow, and she says, holding back a sob, Master, it is good to see you again. And then he clicks his finger in the air, and you hear a little ting-ting-ting as the spoon taps the edge of this pot. And then out of seemingly thin air, he weaves five cups out of metal and wood and then empties this pot into each one. And these little teacups float down and gently rest in the air in front of you all. Does
3: he appear to be having any sort of negative effect on him when he does this, similar to what happens to us when we try to use or Magic? No.
1: Thou will take a cup. He is delighted <laughs> by... <laughs> <laughs> Some familiarity of both comfort and culture.
3: After having wandered with these uncultured swine.
1: Not that you guys are uncultured, just that Val comes from like a semi-important noble family.
3: Right, right. <laughs> and
1: has been really rough in it.
0: That's true. For a good time now.
1: For a long time, yeah. It's it's He doesn't mind. It's just like, oh, <laughs> I forgot what this is like to have tea.
0: <laughs> As you... um sip it. It's it's quite good. There's a, a hint of orange and a slight bitter taste that you can't exactly put your finger on, but it's a it's a good mix. And this Elvkin hops down from off this pier, landing into the sand in front of you, and says, Hello to those who I am unacquainted with. My name is Karagas.
3: I'm sure we are quite a sight for someone who's been gone as long as you are, but Truly, it is a pleasure to meet you. My name is Verlandir.
2: And I am Vamak. Thank you for the tea.
1: I, I am Valmes,
2: <laughs> A human,
0: an elverette, and uh, something not. <laughs> of a race I've laid eyes on before. You have interesting associates, as they called themselves. Luna. And Luna, still in this bow, it's not like... all the way down but it's she isn't like raising her head to look at him and she says they are friends and have proven their use time and time again and Katagas takes a little sip of his tea and is like "Mm, yes we'll we'll see especially and gesturing around to just the expanse of nothing we'll see how useful we all are here I didn't quite expect it to be honest Uh, I was quite content being everything and nothing in the void, and then suddenly here I was again on the shores of Tantifer's domain, somewhere I never thought I'd be, but alas, I assume then you all have tried to draw our good ethereal's gaze. Am I incorrect?
1: That was the uh, intention behind it, yeah. Is Luna still bowing? Like, is she still?
0: A little bit, yes.
1: Can Val sort of, like, put a hand on her shoulder to be like, relax.
0: Yeah. And she does loosen up and stand up straight again. And you can see that her eyes are just red and puffy and tears are streaming down her face, but she is keeping her composure as she looks up at Cad.
1: Val will pass her one of the floating cups of tea. (laughs)
0: <laughs> she takes it. Well, it, it was just sitting in front of her. <laughs> you kind of just <laughs> nudge it toward her. <laughs> yeah,
1: just just like s- gently scoot it through the air closer to her hands.
0: She'll take it and sip and smile. Cad looks out across the way to this shapeless form in the fog out on the horizon and says, I assume then you're here for a meeting with, again, our good god, Tentiver. That was the plan. Yes. Well then... Couple of you look like you have a bit of muscle on you. Why don't you come up here and help me?
3: And Rolandier hops up.
4: As does Vormark.
1: <laughs> Valis so, just rolls his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> this is ev- every t- every time we meet someone new.
3: Hey, and you want to arm wrestle? <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm a godborn mother effer. Let's do this.
0: Thing. <laughs> Come on, muscle. I'll show you muscle. As you follow Cad back atop the pier, he leans down and there's, a you notice for the first time now at the end of this pier, there's a sort of wheel mechanism that has a chain inside of it. And he leans down and starts pulling this chain out of the water and winding it along the wheel. He says, come on, grab hold.
4: Rolandier does so, as does Vamok.
0: Do you want to do, want to both of you do some strength checks for me?
4: 14 for Rolandier. Vamok rolled an 11.
0: As you pull on this chain, it grows more and more taut as it starts to rise out of the water further and further away. Eventually, emerging from the fog, you see a small raft, at least big enough to fit all of you, guided along this chain that comes to a gentle stop at the edge of this pier. Cad looks to each of you in turn, gestures to the raft and says well then why hesitate our lord awaits